Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10.30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois, 60926. We hope to see you this morning. God is good, and His Word endures forever. So as we look into the Scripture today, if you're in the Red Bible, turn with me, if you will, to page 1052. We're going to be doing a big subject today. We're doing a big subject today, the tongue. And oh my goodness, what a subject it is. The tongue. The tongue is a thing, as a part of our body in here that could, in our body that can tear down and lift up. It can, uh, it can also destroy. But let's read what the scripture says, shall we? My brothers, not many of you should become teachers knowing that we shall receive the greater judgment. We will err in many ways, but if, it, if any man does not err in word, he is a perfect man and able also to control the whole body. See how we put bits in the mouths of horses that they may obey us, and we control their whole bodies and observe ships Though they are so great and are driven by fierce winds, yet they are directed with a very small rudder, wherever the captain pleases. Even so, the tongue is a little part of the body and boasts great things. See how great a forest, uh, see how great a forest, a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire, a world of evil. The tongue is among the parts of the body, defiling the whole body and setting the course of nature on fire, and it is set on fire by hell. All kinds of beasts and birds and serpents and things in the sea are tamed or have been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who are made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a, does a spring yield at the same opening sweet and bitter water? Can the fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a vine figs? So no spring can yield both salt water and fresh water. So let's look at the tongue, these things in our mouths that helps us to speak. And I want to, I want to divulge a little bit into why that is so, that this happens with the tongue. He says, my brothers, not many of you should be teachers, knowing that we shall receive the greater judgment. 
We all err in many ways, but if any man does not err in word, he is a perfect man and does also to control the whole body. Now, why wouldn't some, why is, the, the question when I first read this book years ago, why would Paul say, some of you should not be teachers? Many of you should not be teachers. <clears throat> Knowing that we shall receive a greater judgment. Teachers and those that preach the word and those that instruct scriptural truths to others are held to a greater accountability in the Lord. Why is that? Because we are imparting spiritual truth. We are imparting live things to people that would either destroy their life or empower and improve their life. And how we do that is important. What we say, what we do is important. And how we, how we receive and how we per per perceive to, to others or our, our, our perception of others and their perception of us is very important when you are a teacher or a preacher or someone who is over someone. And bear in mind that we all are teachers to an extent. We all are ministering to someone, whether we want to believe it or not. We're all showing Christ to other people. Doesn't matter your age. If you're with friends or you're with worker, workmates or family members or whatever the case, we are in some way showing the, the way God is in our lives and how God perceives things. If we are a way that is contrary to God and, and we, we say we're Christians, then we are giving a false representation of who Jesus Christ is. Teachers are held to a higher standard. In the public school, school system, schools are held to a high standard. That's why they have scores and some schools are ranked by the education level and how great they, how, how, how good or poor they are in the graduation rates and test scores and things like that. So in those schools, teachers are also held to a higher accountability to the school board, to the state, and things like this. So we are held to a higher account to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and His Father, because we're teachers. We're all teachers. We're learners, but we're teachers. We're teachers and we're students. He says, See how we put bits in the mouths of horses that they may obey us, and we control their whole body, and observe ships Though they are so great and are driven by fierce winds, yet they are directed with a very small rudder wherever the captain pleases. So this is a, let's look at this as an analogy because I think that's what James is doing here. There's an analogy. The ship or the horse with the bit in its mouth can control the whole ship or the whole body of the horse. And it goes wherever the rider or the captain pleases. So the question then for us to answer is, who is our captain? Who's in control of us? Who's in control of this ship that we are? That we are? Where are we going and who is controlling us? A ship is controlled by a little rudder. And our mouth, our tongue is a little rudder. 
in analogy to this. So let's think about that for a moment. We've got to ask our questions of who is controlling us? Who are we allowing place in our life? Is it Jesus Christ? Is it God or is it the enemy? And sometimes when the enemy has control of our body, our tongue tends to speak that forth in things we should not say. And let's just look at the tongue in a more greater sense. First off, if you look at an atom under a microscope, remember high school science class, maybe Justin knows about this, if you an atom, there's a nucleus and there's protons and electrons. The nucleus is the center of that atom where everything comes from. All the protons and the electrons come from the nucleus. So, what is the nucleus of the human being? What is the thing that drives everything that the human does? It's not the tongue. The tongue is a byproduct of this. It's not your brain. It's the heart. The heart is the nucleus of the human being. From the heart of a human being, we can have love for someone or disgust for someone. We can have joy, we can have sorrow, we can have peace, we can have turmoil, all from the heart. The heart is the, the, the driving force. So the question is when we say, who is the captain of the ship? Who is the captain of your heart? Who is the captain of your heart? Is it Jesus Christ? Is it God? Is it, is it his word? Or is it the enemy? And the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh in King James or speaks in any other English translation. So, if you look at that statement, from out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the question is, who has access to our heart? Who have we given the keys to our heart to? That is the question we must ask. And it's very simple for us to do a test. Just monitor ourselves for a week. And just monitor how we talk and how we speak and how we interact and how we react and all those things. And you'll see who has the primary spot in our hearts. We will see. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so let's look at that for a moment. When we say from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, when we talk a lot about things, let's say if you are, if God has your heart, you're going to speak out praise, you're going to speak out joy, you're going to give encouragement, and that happens because of what's in the heart. And when we speak something, then what comes out of that is action. Remember we talked last week about without, act without, Works, faith, faith without works is dead. Do you remember that? Faith comes about from the abundance of the heart, which brings about action from an outward standpoint. So if God has our 
heart, if God has our desires and we're in his will, we're going to act in kind. If the enemy has our heart, we're not going to speak praises. We're going to speak cursings. And we're going to do those things. And it's going to be that way. And then pretty soon it's going to show on our actions. We're not going to go in the right places we should be. We're no longer going to share our faith with anyone. We're going to dislike humanity. I used to know people that would say I, life would be good if, you, 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 if there was no people. Because, you know, let's think about it. Just in daily lives, how many times do people get under our skin? Whether we work, whether we're out in the public, whether we're in school, whatever. How many times does somebody get under our skin and we say, you know what, I, this life would be great if I didn't be, have, have to be around people. Because they get under our skin. Well, guess what? Who has the, part, who has the primary part of your heart at that point? Yes, it's, it's, it's important to identify that we're going to have these feelings. It's important to identify that these feelings are normal, but unchecked, un-looked un, un, uh, look, at specifically, they will end up causing and changing the way we see this life. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So who has your ship? Who is piloting your ship? He goes on. And he, and he says, <clears throat> uh, and observe ships, though they are so great and are, so, and are driven by fierce winds, yet they are directed by a small rudder wherever the captain pleases. If so, the tongue is a little part of the body and boasts great things. See how a great forest, see how a great forest, a little fire kindles. So, you remember that, Smokey the Bear? You can prevent forest fires. A little spark can set a forest fire. That spark that he's talking about is the spark of indignation, the spark of sin, the spark of bitterness, the spark of all these things. Those sparks can set aflame the sin in our life if unchecked by God. The tongue is a fire, a world of evil. Let's just be honest, it is. The tongue is among the parts of the body, defiling the whole body and setting the course of nature on fire, and it is set on fire by hell. So if we say, well, you know, I said those things because I was angry, and that person just pushed the buttons, pushed my buttons, and I'll tell you what, I just lost it. Guess what? Guess where that came from? Who has your heart? The enemy. And it comes from the very pits of hell, set on fire by hell. Your anger, you've, you've let the enemy take hold. 
And I'm not at all perfect at this whatsoever. So don't think that I'm sitting up here saying, I've got it all figured out. I have got nothing figured out. And that's one of the things that we understand, we begin to, we begin to understand as believers, is that the more we try to learn, the more we realize we have more to learn. Now, the tongue, it can set fire to a situation, or it can de-escalate a situation. It depends on the individual who is speaking, and it depends on where their heart is. The person's heart in a situation that de-escalates is in a place of peace, in a place of where God is ruling and reigning in their life. A person that can de-escalate a situation is a gift to that situation. So many things can happen when situations and circumstances are not de-escalated. Harm can happen. People can get very, very injured if someone isn't there to de-escalate the situation, to bring peace into the situation. And that is our job as Christians. That is our job as individuals. As we run into people that are dealing with things, it might not be as bad as, a, as domestic violence or it might not be as bad as something like that, but it is bad to them, whether it's a, whether it's a, a loss of some kind it is bad like that. And our job as individuals, as believers, is to bring peace and to de-escalate that situation. And that is our position, and that is our command, and that is our duty. Are we going to be perfect? No. Are we going to stand by and say, well, yeah, you were right for thinking that way, and you were right for treating him that way, and you were right for doing what you did? Sometimes we do do that, don't we? Sometimes we agree with the situation. And I'm guilty of that just as anybody else. Sometimes you were right, you know, you're right for doing that. You're right for saying that. Yeah, they shouldn't have done that. You were right for that. We've all said it, we've all done it. But is that really expedient? Are we fanning the flame or are we extinguishing it when we do those things? I understand that there are people that want to be validated, they want to be heard, and by somebody saying, well, you were right by doing that, you were right by kicking them out, or you were right by punching them in the head, or whatever the case, right? They want to be validated, they want to, want to be heard, but is that really what is needed in that moment? Bringing peace is what our job is. Bringing love into the situation is what our job is. Jesus said that greater things you, you shall do because I go to my Father. That's not only just physical miracles, that's also in this avenue of de-escalating situations and bringing love and peace with our words to other people. And with our, because with our words we could 
have miracles happen. With our words, we could de-escalate situations. All kinds of beasts and birds and serpents and things in the sea are tamed or have been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly, evil, full of a deadly poison. Now, are we really taming the tongue or are we taming the heart? That's a question, isn't it? Are we taming the tongue or are we taming the heart? The heart is unruly. The heart, the Bible says, is black as sin. The heart, can it be tamed? If you tame the heart, you tame the tongue. If you tame the heart, you tame the tongue. Now, if you look at this here where it says all kinds of beasts and birds and serpents and things in the sea have been tamed or have been tamed by man and are, are tamed or have been tamed by mankind. Now, we've all been to circuses when we were kids, right? I remember years ago at circuses they used to have animals like lions and tigers and things like this. How did they tame them? They didn't tame them by snuggling up with them and loving them and, and treating them well. That's probably part of it. But it takes work and it takes discipline and it takes some things that are probably we would look upon as being mean to tame beasts like lions and animals and, and tigers. Lions and tigers and bears, oh my. But it would take something like that to tame them, discipline, uh, 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 consistency. If we don't have that with ourselves, our heart is not going to be tamed. Consistency is important. If we are a believer, we should have consistency in our life. We should have consistency of time spent with God, consistency of time spent in His Word, consistency in church attendance. Why all these things? Why do we do all of these things consistently? Because it is a part of taming the heart. It is a part of getting the heart in the right place. Why do some people, why would some people go to church when it felt good, when it felt right for them to go? I don't know. They're not hungry enough for God. It's not important to them. It's not important to their spiritual walk to be in God's house or in God's word. Why? Because they're not hungry enough. They're not committed enough. It takes discipline. And with discipline comes love. There is a difference with discipline of church attendance and church fellowship and church and reading the word and praying there's a difference between tradition, obligation, and love. <clears throat> and if we're going to church today, and I'm going to say this because I'm going to say this, but if we're in here church today because it's the only place to go, or we're in church today because this is where I've gone for 500 years or whatever the case, if, if, if that's the reason we're here, we're here for the wrong reason. 
we're here for the wrong reason. We need to be here because we desire what God is going to do in our life. We desire what he's going to change in us. We welcome the, the discipline of God. We welcome the rebuke of God so that we're better for him in a later time. We welcome those things because we want to be tamed. Our heart wants to be tamed by God. And the question we have to ask ourselves and I have to ask myself is, do I want that? Do I want the discipline? Do I want the, the rebuke so that I'm better tomorrow than I am today? Do I want those things? Because if I don't want those things, why am I here? Why are you here if you don't want the discipline of God? Why am I here if I don't want God to change me? Why? That's a question we have to ask ourselves. Do we want God to change? And this is a matter of the heart. This is a matter of the heart. If we're not willing to tame our heart, there is no reason to be sitting in this building. If we don't want God to change our life for the better, by the way, God takes away some things, but he also replaces those things with way better things than we had before. If we don't want the change, there's no reason to be here. If we don't want God to say, you need to change this, you need to start this, you need to stop this. If we don't want God to say that, if we don't want to hear that, then we might as well close the doors and lock them and be gone for the, for the rest of our lives. You might as well walk out and say, well, see you later. Have a good life. If we don't want God that, then to do that, then why are we even open? Because that's what God wants us to do. God wants us to be tame. No man can tame the tongue. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. The heart is, is, is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. That's why the tongue is... And the heart has to be changed. The heart has to be changed, not just the tongue. It is a process. Just with sin, remember what it says here in chapter 1. It says, Let no man say that he's tempted. I am tempted by God. He, he cannot, uh, he cannot be, tempt, be tempted by evil. Neither does he tempt anyone. God does not tempt us. He says, but it goes, and it, there's a stair step, right? It starts off with sin, gets small, gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and gives birth to death. Same thing with the tongue. It's in the heart. It starts off small, and if it's unchecked, it gets worse and worse and worse, and it gives birth to death. The heart is what needs to be changed. With the tongue we bless the Lord and Father and with it we curse men who are made in the image of God. Again, our heart. With our heart we dislike people. We bless God. Oh, God is good. Let's go to church. God bless God. God did this. God did that. But God isn't, he isn't good enough for God. Or she isn't good enough for God. She's, she's lazy. She doesn't deserve. She does this. She does that. He does this. He goes here. He doesn't deserve God. She doesn't deserve God. 
They're just this, that, and the other thing. But bless God, I'm going to go Sunday morning and I'm going to praise God and I'm going to talk to God, talk to people about God who I feel are worthy of hearing it. That is not only showing partiality like we saw in chapter 2, but that is also blessing and cursing. Because we're cursing this person to a life and a, an eternity apart from God when we do that. We are telling this person, you are not worthy. And what does that person think about God if we say, and we say we're a Christian, we say we love God, but you're not, you're too far gone for God. So what does that say about them, to them, about what God thinks about them? God doesn't give up on people. So in a way, we're cursing them to a life apart from God and apart from him eternity, from, from in, in, in eternity. With it, with the tongue, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse men. We come in here every Sunday, and we sing songs, and we listen to the message, and we say, and in ourselves we either say, well, that was really good, or that really was horrible, or I feel good about that, or I... He, he, he didn't have to say this or whatever. But we, 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 we feel good about it. But then we go outside and we see someone or we get angry and we get out the door maybe. And, well, that blankety-blankety-blank pastor shouldn't have said that. Blankety-blankety-blankety-blank. We bless God and we curse God with the same tongue. You know why? Because the heart is not right. You see, if we want to tame the tongue, we're just, we're not dealing with the root cause. The root cause is the heart. The tongue is a manifestation of the disease of a, of a black heart. Right? If you have a headache, sometimes that's the root causes you need your back aligned. If you have a headache, sometimes that you have sinus pressure and pain. That's the root cause that's causing the headache. Or the chiropractor needs to be seen to get rid of the manifestation of a headache for the root cause of the back. The root cause of the situation is the heart. We might sit there and say, well, this was really good one Sunday, and well, but you don't need to hear that because you're too far gone, somebody else. To think, we're thinking that in our minds. Or we're sitting here praising God and we get out the door and say, well, I wish he wouldn't have said that. Where's he, where's he get off? Or where's she get off? Or where's that person get off talking to me that way? Da -da 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 -da. Right? Sometimes God uses his people to instruct us in the ways of righteousness. And sometimes we need to say, well, maybe in those times, well, I don't know why they say that, why they have to talk to me like that. Sometimes we need to think, well, maybe I need to change something. Maybe God's using that person to instruct me. Blessings and cursings all stems from the root cause, a sinful heart. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. So from the word of God, we are sinning every time we do that. Are we perfect? 
Absolutely not. Are we going to get it right every time? Absolutely not. But by the word of God, we are sinning when we do. And then we need to go before God and say, God, I know I shouldn't have said that. God, please forgive me for saying that. Please forgive me for having that attitude. Please forgive me for, for doing those things. I'm not perfect, Lord, and I know it. And I need your help. He says those things ought not to be so. But he doesn't expect us to be perfect. He expects us to go to God and ask for forgiveness. Does a spring yield at the same opening sweet and bitter water? Now, we, this is a very physical analogy. An ocean is always going to have salt water. It's never going to have spring water. And a spring is never going to have salt water when it's not around an ocean. There are some areas and tributaries where oceans may spill into. But around our area, if you go to a spring, it's going to have somewhat of fresh water, right? Somewhat. But there's not going to be any salt. Same with our tongue. That's why they call it being salty. You ever hear notes why they call it? I'm, I'm just salty right now. People in the South, I'm salty. It's because of this particular scripture. Salt water and spring water can't come from the same place. We used to, there, there, there used to be a term or a saying, you can catch more bees with honey than you can with vinegar. Remember that? Sweetness. Um, being, being kind. You'll attract more people that way. Some people are too kind. But you can be kind and you can attract people to you. And, why, and, and, and what, what is that about? What is that all about? That's, that's the Lord drawing people to himself. The Lord in you drawing people to himself. That's what that's all about. And we short circuit that when we don't follow the steps. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing my brothers these things ought not to be so so you want people to uh, come to you because you're a Christian you want people to come to you so you can share God with them blessings and cursings cannot come out of your mouth you can't be one way on Sunday and one way on Monday you can't be one way on Saturday night and one way on Sunday morning you can't be that way you've got to be consistent because if you're not, you're sinning. Plain and simple. Now, it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to say, you've got to be perfect. No. You've got to know your own spirit. You've got to know your own personality. And if you fall, he will forgive you. But you have to repent. He goes on. Does a spring yield the same opening sweet and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives and a, or a vine figs? So no spring can yield both salt water and fresh water. So you're never going to go to someone's house and look on a grapevine and expect strawberries because it's a grapevine. And you're never going to go to a blueberry bush and expect there to be grapes because it's not going to happen. 
It's not going to happen. The whole point of this is, if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, we must act like that. We must act that way. Because if we're not, and we don't repent, we're sinning and we are in danger of hell, quite frankly, and it's, that's not sugarcoating it. If we do not ask God to forgive us when we mess up, and we will mess up, and we do mess up, and I'm not saying we're going to be perfect because we are not perfect at all whatsoever. But the point is, and, and, and this is a good thing about the fact that we realize we're never going to be perfect this side of heaven, and we're never going to get it right this side of heaven completely. It's a good thing to recognize that and to know that God sees that and recognizes that as well. But he's given us a way to help, and that is to repent. That is to repent. Because I know Monday morning, go to work, you know, or go, go, to, go, to, go to coffee or whatever we do. If you don't have your coffee, there's some people that I know that they don't have coffee at a certain time, then they're not very, they're not very nice, Right? And there's some people that are like that. they got to have their caffeine in order to function. I used to be like that. But there are, there are people that are like that, and that's human nature. That's the way humans are sometimes, right? But God understands that, but God does not hold us, God, God still holds us accountable for our action, for our reaction, for our mouth, For our mouth. Now, I'm going to be honest before you here today, and I'm going to say that my mouth isn't always the best. I sometimes say swear words too. Now, don't faint anybody, but there are times when I do too slip and say swear words. Does that mean I'm not a Christian? Well, if I did it without repenting, eventually I wouldn't be a Christian. But understand that God sees that and God has a requirement of me if I want to continue in this life of Christianity. I must repent. I must repent. Because it's important. And does it bother me that I, that happens? Yes, it does bother me that that happens because then I realize that my heart is not where it should be. And I have to then go before God and say, change my heart, Psalm 51. David said, cleanse my heart, O God. Psalm 51. You see, this is, this is the root. This is the whole thing. The heart's the whole thing. And if we, if, if we cannot recognize that within ourselves to say, you know what, I do screw up. I do say swear words every once in a while. Or I do go here where I shouldn't go every once in a while. Or I should drink things I shouldn't drink every once in a while. Or, or I do things that is, that is contrary to what it is to be a Christian. If, I, if, if we don't acknowledge that, if we say, well, God understands because I've had a horrible day so I can say what I want or do what I want or go where I want. If we have it like that, have our attitude like that, then pretty soon we're going to have a real big problem. God is going to eventually say, do you want to be that way? Go ahead. Romans 1. 
left into the reprobate mind. Romans 2. The word of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. You see, heart, the reason we're here today, the reason we are walking with God is the heart change. The heart change changes everything. He goes on. Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or vine bear frigs? So no spring can yield salt water and spring fresh water. We are to be, this, what, is, what does a spring do? Look at that, look at the two things. Salt water, you drink salt water, what happened to you? You die, right? It's too much salt, too much sodium, you'll die. You drink fresh spring water, what happens? When you're thirsty and dehydrated, that can bring life. So we're to bring life to others, aren't we? We're to be an encouragement and bring life to others, not bring death, not be salty, but bring life. Be like that fresh water and bring life. Are we going to be salty? Yeah. Do we recognize that? Yeah, that's the most important thing to do, and that's one of your assignments this week, by the way, is to identify when you are, quote-unquote, salty. Identify that. Acknowledge that. And then when you recognize that and acknowledge that, then you go before God and say, God, I am this way and I shouldn't be and I am sorry. Forgive me. That's the assignment. Because we all are going to be that way. It's human nature. We're all going to be salty. We're all going to be blessing and cursing with the same mouth because that's who we are. That's human nature. But we recognize and acknowledge the times when we curse with our tongue and we curse with our, with our actions. And we, we, we acknowledge that it is a heart issue and not just a tongue issue. We go before God and we say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. We recognize that these things come because they are fueled by the fires of hell. That sounds very, very uh, fire and brimstone, but it's the truth. They're fueled by the fires of hell. They kindle in the fires of hell and they blow up. We need to recognize that. Say, yep, I was salty there. Can salt water and spring water come from the same spot? No. But when it does, in our spirits, we recognize I was salty. I was rude. My actions didn't, didn't, was not becoming of a Christian. So I need to ask for forgiveness. And then you go farther than that and you say, well, my heart, where, where, where's my heart? Where's my heart right now? Am I loving right now? No, I'm not. I'm upset. I'm angry. And I'm going to say what I need to say because I'm angry. My heart's not right. Recognize those things this week. Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your grace. Lord, you've given us so much in this life. 
Help us this week to recognize when we need a touch from you, when, when we are, when we are uh, salty or when we are um, not what we should be in you. Show us those things. Bring us to the place of repentance and restoration that we could be better for you the next day than we were this day. And Lord, we thank you for that. We give you praise. Be with us as we, Lord, finish our day. Touch our lives, minister to us. Give us peace and assurance by your Holy Spirit. Help us to be a blessing to others and not a curse. Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I pray that you find value in this content. You can also find an audio podcast of this program on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today.